0: Hello and welcome to Ethical Seduction, your sex and relationship podcast. We explore topics and skills designed to help you get what you want, both in and out of the bedroom. On today's show, we will continue to take a deep dive of the topics that we present in our free guide to flirting and seduction. If you'd like a copy, just go to ethicalseduction.com and subscribe. And our uh, guide breaks down flirting and seduction skills into like eight different topics uh, or categories really, I guess, so that it's easier to see the different pieces and how they each sort of fit together. Um, And I will mention just real fast that the eight, are what the eight are, is like last, with two weeks ago, we covered becoming attractive. tonight we're going to do building trust and connection. Um, Next week is going to be reading people. We have creating engaging conversations, the art of flirting, influence and persuasion, which we really covered earlier, but we'll probably come back and touch on it again, intimacy, and then empowering yourself and empowering others. So those eight. So our feeling is like, if you get good at these eight, you're going to you're going to be great, you know, and it, and a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm really good at, you know, these three or these four, but this other one not so good. Well, then you have an area that you can kind of focus on. So today we're going to talk about trust, what it is and how you can create it and how you can build it to strengthen your relationships. Trust goes hand in hand in hand in hand with attraction because at really anything you're doing that's going to help you build trust. Ends up also making you attractive. So they're kind of separate topics, but they're really related. So trust is one of those things I'm gonna say most people would be like, oh, attraction is a lot more exciting. Trust maybe doesn't sound as exciting. Uh, but it's really, it's the key, I think for the whole thing, if you don't have the trust, like you do not have anything, you're, you're going to lose the attraction, you're going to lose all of it. So right. trust is, yeah, trust is one of those really important things and it's not that hard to do. So I think if we go through today, I think most people are going to come out understanding, you know, what it is they can do to really strengthen relationships. And then, uh, stick around at the end because what we're going to do, Brandy and I have a a really we think funny good story slightly embarrassing um that and we're gonna share story, yeah you know? and fun embarrassing and fun and <laughs> dirty and fun and um <laughs> it just is but uh we're gonna share that because we kind of think that's a really good example of like mm-hmm. things you can do that are fun that are like trust no not trust building exercises but if you do these things you're gonna It's it's playing with trust and it's you know, it, it's fun. We did something really cool and fun. And at the end of it, it's like it, it built, I'm going to say, a better relationship. So I am your host, Stephen. And joining me tonight, uh, Kimberly, my wife, she's out tonight again, unfortunately, but she will be back. Tonight we have Ava.
1: Hey, cool cats.
0: And Dirty Brandy. Hi. <laughs> righty. <clears throat> have you all done anything interesting this week?
1: What kind of dirty things has Brandy done this week?
2: Well, I mean, I worked a lot, so that was a different type of dirty. Um, <laughs> so, but it was still very much dirty. And then I actually went, I didn't do a lot of dirty. I went back home to East Tennessee for uh, my niece's Mallory's fourth birthday. Oh, and so cool. that was great. That was
0: wonderful.
1: Oh, you just turn around sweet. and give us a super, super innocent wine. That's sweet. I did.
2: See, well, I had to <laughs> balance it out with last week <laughs> so the week before.
1: Yeah.
0: I do love though, like, you know, the, I mean the topic stuff we cover. Okay. But then it's like, everybody's like, we're such family people. you know. <laughs> so I mean, that's, and you know, I think a lot of people would be like that doesn't necessarily go hand in hand or whatever. And it's like, I think for us, it's like, no, it definitely does. So it totally does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think, I'd never answered this question. Like have I done anything really interesting this week? And, um, I don't know. I I'll have to come up with something next week. I almost did the love languages quiz, and then I did. I ran out of time, and I didn't did do not, it.
2: You know what? I think we can pause right now and let you do that. <laughs> you said you would. Bring I'm going I almost I'm did
0: pretty it. Pretty sure. I'm gonna work.
2: Almost on doesn't count. Isn't that like an old song? Um,
0: oh, oh, oh! I do have something interesting. Okay. okay so my brother calls me up out of the, out of nowhere and he's like yeah i'm listening to this new podcast it's called the ethical seduction podcast so i was like oh yeah so i he uh he kind of indirectly heard about it and then found it or whatever oh, so i hadn't cool. like i hadn't come out and like told him straight up or whatever but anyway that was kind of fun and uns- unexpected or whatever yeah so, nice. uh, yeah did so he say how the,
2: many he's listened to how many episodes He
0: is working his way through them
2: oh my goodness
0: so that's and then great. his. His partner has had, she's listened to like one. She's not listening yeah. to all of them or whatever. So anyway, but they were, you know, very good. Aww, and, that's cool. and we don't always talk all the time. And so he was like, well, this is great. Now I get to hear hear you each week, you know? So I was like, okay.
1: <gasps> all right. So, Do you know, prepare him
0: for? He knows. He knows oh, okay. everything. Not okay. everything, but, but he knows true. everything.
1: But does he but, know to hear all about your sex life in that episode where we talk right? about well, sex positions? Did you warn him? right
0: Right. About what? <laughs>
1: The episode where I basically quiz you and Brandy, about or, sorry, uh, sorry, you and Kimberly about oh, yeah. your, like, sex life.
0: I guess he knows. <laughs> oh, oh, so, no, that's, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So, All right. Ava, anything to add? Anything fun, interesting?
1: I had a super boring week. Nothing interesting happened to me.
2: You have to update us about the cow tongue. It oh, out? it
1: turned out amazingly. It was so delicious. I'll tell you what, though, it doesn't make very good leftovers. We ended up having oh, mm-hmm. Lengua tacos for lunch like the next day. And like mm-hmm. it was fine, but like it, it was, it lost oh, a lot of points in its amazingness. Gotcha. Well, that's yeah. good to know. Okay. I'm yeah. glad <laughs> <You said, laughs> it, right, it turned amazing.
0: out well for the first. <laughs> okay, so uh again, anybody you know, if you're listening to these podcasts like go, you know go get the guide. I just think it's a good overview on things and uh, you know we're gonna try to the next couple podcasts kind of really work through it so uh, today's episode is on building trust um this a lot of these notes that I have for today's episode too came right out of a workshop that I did I guess a couple years ago now um you know with actual live people and uh, and it and it went over very well but um that's that's kind of. We're repeating this in some respects. So uh trust, the way I view it is really it's like connection and it's intimacy. And the word intimacy, I don't think we ever really talk about that a whole lot or be like, man, I really want to develop intimacy, but I think that's a good way to think about it because I have heard uh some expert people about you know talk about sex and stuff, and they're always like, sex is not really about sex, like it's not about just getting off. It's usually more about the intimacy that you're gonna share with that person. And I totally believe that. Now Brandy is like no, I just want to come but no. I mean
2: sometimes with some people yeah.
0: But that's the thing with some you want to come with the right people. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz that's more fun than by yourself or with the wrong person, oh, you know. True, so it is. True. It's 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 connecting, you know. Okay. So connection and intimacy, that's really what the trust is. And you know we crave this because it's like why do we go out and why this is my opinion, but it's like why do we go take the time and energy to go find a partner? Like if that wasn't important, we would sit at home in the bedroom. We'd masturbate. We'd get off. Everything would be great, right? That's so much easier than than trying to go find a date and find a partner and all that kind of stuff. So you know, I don't care if you are like the you know major alpha male guy and you have checked off five hundred marks on your bedpost, you know, or something like that. It's like it is not about like the sex and just getting off. It really is more about like you're spending all that time because you want that intimacy. So that just kind of ties it, you know, it's, it's important to us. It really is important to us. And I think we often overlook it or just are not fully aware of how important that is. Um, there's also, I want to point out a distinction. And I just learned this maybe a year or so ago between trustworthiness, which is about yourself. Are, you know, are you trustworthy and trusting? how you feel about other people. Mm-hmm. So you really have to have them both. You know, you need to be trustworthy yourself, but then with, say, your partner, you need to, you need to be trusting. And if, if you're not trusting of your partner, like they could be totally trustworthy. But if you're just nervous and you're not totally trusting, that ends up affecting things. So really, you know, when we talk about trust, it's really a two-way street and you really need to have both of them working to have good, good trust between each other. Um, another thing before we kind of get into it that I'd like to bring up is like at our club, uh, the Mark, which is Nashville's kinky community center. Um, they had developed like Brandy's on the education committee. And I think sh- they have developed like what they call sick attitudes, S I C K. And th- this is something that tr- we try to kind of talk about in a lot of classes. If we teach there, um, what it stands for is like safety conscious. The S is safety conscious. The I is inclusive. The C is consent-based, and the K is kind. So the concept is if you do these four things, that you're going to be in great shape. You're going to have a good scene. You're going to be treating people well. You know, it's a really good kind of just general basis. And so I know they spend a lot of time trying to develop, you know, what are the right words that we want to put together that for, for the education committee to really try to help drive home. Like what are the basic things that people need? So, so that is really all about trust. You know, that's like if you're going to play with somebody, if you're going to have a relationship, if you do those things, safety, safety conscious and be inclusive, consent-based and kind, then you're going to really be doing well. So I just wanted to kind of mention that before we get into it. Um, yeah. And
2: that's also something just to, to plug the education committee is um, any members of the community that present on a certain topic through the education committee, we always look over their material to make sure it meets those standards before it's even presented. So if there's things that need to be tweaked, we make sure that that's really dealt with before other people are exposed to it. So we do follow that pretty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know when I've developed classes, I I use it as a guide, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, and it really does work well. It's like you got your topic you're going to talk about and you can kind of, yeah, use that Mm -hmm. as a guide to kind of set things up. So uh, so, you know, what is trust? What I want to do for, for tonight is kind of give five different examples that demonstrate that you're both trustworthy and trusting. So the word demonstrate is important because if you just say, oh, I'm trustworthy, that doesn't have a lot of weight to it. You know, it's not necessarily believable. It's more believable if somebody else says it, you know, that, that about like, oh yeah, Steve, these, 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 you know, you can trust them like that has, that has more weight. But if you just say it yourself, it has nothing, but if you can demonstrate this, that's where you really get the most value, the, the most, uh, I don't know what the right word is where you're really proving it to the person. So demonstrating it is important. And so if you, when you're flirting, it's one of those key things, I think to try to keep in in mind because it's like the person has to feel safe. And if they do not feel safe, then you're not going to get anywhere. So, you know, while we always are like, I say we collectively, we're so focused on like, how do I flirt? What do I do with my skills? And, you know, how do I track somebody and really push those things? You know, the, the trust part and being safe, the other person doesn't know you. They're not going to just think that you're safe. They're going to think that you're not safe and you have to kind of earn that trust over time. So if you've kind of flipped the role and you're approaching somebody and you're like, I'm going to first like earn their trust. And then because they now know that they can trust me, you know, down the road that then they're gonna it's e- much easier to be attracted to somebody who you know is safe and you can trust so you know again don't don't overlook this don't think it's like a boring topic it can really be you know kind of exciting and it's some of the best stuff that i think that we kind of play with so uh do you all have anything you want to add before i jump into these five any thoughts yeah. about trust in general or experiences or anything
2: I think I just want to add that um, there are particularly like your marginalized um, folks in society, like they have a harder time trusting. And so if you are beginning to interact with them, just to be aware of that and not take it personally and just know there might be a little bit more effort you have to put in. More time. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think they really value it when they realize, oh, like, oh, this Mm -hmm. person is safe. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to get judged or, or. I don't know, have somebody come after me or whatever. Then it's really appreciated, Mm -hmm. you know, value. Yeah. No, that's good. Thank you for adding that. Yeah. All right. So so the first example I want to talk about is just creating a safe environment. So Ava, what does that mean to you? If I said we're like creating a safe environment
1: uh, no pressure environment where I'm not yeah. questioning my, my physical safety, my personal safety, or are they going to like respect my boundaries? Am I going to get pushed into doing something that I don't want to do? Like none of those alarms in my head going off is what that sounds like to me.
0: I, I love that. You said no pressure that I did not mm-hmm. have that in my notes, but that's actually one of the best things. Cause I think anytime you start to pressure somebody, usually they push back you know, you get resistance. Um, and I know this is, again, I, we've talked about child rearing. stuff like that, I remember this from like as a kid, uh, or, you know, with my kids, like well, I just learned early on, if you push them to something, they, they don't, nobody likes that. So therefore they kind of are resistant to it. Not always in a bad way. I, I actually want to say kind of in a healthy way. Okay. So yeah. And inst- you that, don't never. I would say don't go head to head with anybody like that kind of stuff. But yeah, when you're talking, it's like, you need to, to be really low pressure you know, mm-hmm. and and the other person have, I'm going to say freedom to do what they want. And, you know, that's that's when they're going to feel comfortable.
1: And I would also add to that, that like, like for me, like example, live example from, from yours truly, I am super social anxiety girl. If I am showing up to a first date or if I'm going to a munch and interacting with somebody new, I'm already in a super anxious state, like trying to put myself out there and be present and already kind of having this layer of pressure of oh god what's going to happen is everything going to be okay so making sure that like just doing what you can to like mitigate that pressure for the other person just putting themselves out there is Mm -hmm. important Mm
0: yeah so a couple i'm going to go through these fairly fast because they're really pretty self-explanatory but like physical safety you know the person that you're interacting with has to feel physically safe then there's like mental emotional safety um you know, be there for them whenever they need you. Like if you're able to kind of do that, that's an easy sort of thing. If you just have that attitude, like then they're gonna they're gonna be able to count on you. Um, when you're communicating, either person or if you're doing it online this is kind of expect what Ava said, like look for signs of stress or tension in the conversations. And then that way you can kind of make it when you notice like, uh Oh, like that person, just something changed in the conversation. They're not, Ava's feeling a little bit awkward. You know, I got a sense something picked up. Then you can start to kind of respond to that, which is going to help put, in this case, Ava, you know, more at ease and give her that feeling of being safe. We're going to talk about that more next week, too, when we get into reading people. And I, I think even the next week after that, where it's like about communicating with people because tension, noticing tension in, in other people is one of those th- key things to look at when you're for like the reading people. It's one of the key things. You don't always know what exactly they're feeling. But if you just see the tension, that's going to tell you a lot right there. Um, Be approachable. So... uh what I want to say about that. Like one of the things I have for, for being approachable, and this is my, I want Kimberly or my kids to be able to come up to me and tell me really horrible things that I do not want to hear. So Mm -hmm. by that, I mean like something that they know is going to hurt me. So often people are protective and so they don't want to tell you because they don't want to hurt you, you know? And so they're not going to feel comfortable enough to share that, I'm going to say, potentially painful thing unless you kind of do create that safe environment and you let them come to you with, with bad, hurtful things. So in my thoughts, if they come to me and say something, you know, it might hurt, but at least then we're having the conversation, we're talking about it, and we're working together, I'm going to say it almost like as a team, to kind of get the thing figured out. So if you never allow them, if it's not safe, it, they're going to do the right thing and hide that shit from you you know, and mm-hmm. not come and tell you. So it's like just having it open. And, and that takes time sometimes to kind of create that environment. But that's, you know, being approachable, I think, is, is important so you can have those conversations. The, the flip side of that is keeping secrets safe. Again, this is just my opinion. But it's, a lot of times somebody will maybe share a secret with you. And we are taught very often that, oh, secrets are bad. You shouldn't have any secrets. I think all of us have some secrets. I think I always want to be very respectful of people's privacy. So if there is, if they don't want to tell me something, I'm like, you don't have to. I don't need to know because you're going to have a good reason why you don't want to tell me, you know? And so I don't think it's good or fair to kind of go push about that. But if you, if somebody does share a secret with you and you're, you honor that and take care of it, that's going to create a a bond it's going to create trust if they're ready to tell you later they will tell you you know but you've got to go through that first step of like letting people have their own space their own privacy and their own secrets um one of the fun things about with flirting is when somebody tells you something really dirty that they know like maybe this is not publicly correct but i'm going to tell you anyway and they're going to take that chance with you and so when to to be a part of that with them and to maybe get to do those things or explore those things like that can be a ton of fun, you know? And so it's like, but they're taking a chance with you, you know, to do that. So, you know, keeping the secrets safe or having this, Oh, this is something dirty that we do together. Like that's, that's fun stuff. So it's really good. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'll just kind of add in here, remember unattractive traits. So the things that you don't want to do that are going to like screw up the trust is criticizing, being judgmental, um, appearing creepy, which we talked about before and kind of went into like, what does that really mean? Because that's like, I feel like that's an umbrella term and it's not very descriptive. If you don't know what creepy is, you, it doesn't help you, you know, but creepy really was like making somebody feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, either the way you're approaching them or the way you're... uh Staring at them or the way you're talking to them, you're making somebody feel unsafe, you know, and, and I think that's what kind of triggers triggers that feeling. Um, and then don't intimidate people too, you have to really watch that, mm-hmm. you know, especially Brandy. You've given the example of people that like to tell you what, like, oh, let me show you how to shoot pull correctly, you know, oh, those yeah. kind of like, I'm just gonna let me help fix you, or mm-hmm. you know, this kind of mm-hmm. th- that stuff, I just mean, be careful, let me show you what you did wrong. Right.
2: Oh, then that's not going to resonate positively at all. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: So, and somebody might not. I'm sure that person who did that didn't think like I'm going to be intimidating. And it's maybe intimidating is not the right, exact right word. But you don't want to be intimidating another person, and you don't want to be like, well, I know all the stuff and you don't. You know, like that. Mm -hmm. That's you really sort of well, and especially to to
2: give advice like that when it wasn't asked for. Again, like there was no indication that I was upset that I had missed that shot. Yeah. But he was clearly saw that as an opportunity to show me what I had done wrong that I did not yeah. ask for. Yeah. So it was just the whole, this is a, a prime example of what not to do versus what you're telling people to try. To
0: do. Yeah. 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 If you asked for the help, it would yeah. be totally different. Yeah. And, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, he's offering advice when it wasn't wanted. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, uh, tell me for, from your all's perspective, either one of you uh, about vulnerability so, as it you know related to trust, what what what's the link between vulnerability and creating trust, strengthening trust?
1: For me, what comes to mind is relatability. I've had people that I have been interested in in my past where they just seemed so damn perfect. It 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 kind of made them feel like untouchable. I'm like, "Oh, there's no way this person is going to be interested in me because there's nothing wrong with them." Yeah. <laughs> and so when someone demonstrates some vulnerability with you, it it helps you um relate to them and it helps kind of generate that trust and find some overlap between you and that person.
0: Mhm. Mhm. We don't like perfect people because people are not perfect. And so yeah, when that when that uh when you meet somebody like that then it's you kind of know like they're maybe hiding stuff or Mm -hmm. you know that it's something doesn't jive it's like that's not that's not right
2: i remember i'm going to tell a story real quick um and i've worked on my issues with trust and being vulnerable over the past several years and i'm making progress but i'm far from perfect and i remember one time i someone had noticed that i looked in the mirror a lot um and so they said something like, you know, you're so pretty. You don't need to be looking in the mirror. They thought like I was like conceited or, um, and I said, really, if you think about it, the people that look in the mirror the most are probably the ones that are the most self-conscious because they want to make sure that they are appearing okay. Instead of walking around, not caring if there's a mirror there um, mm-hmm. because they're that confident in themselves. they were like, Oh, I never thought of it that way. I just thought, you know, but in a negative, and I'm like, well, really? Mm-hmm. And that's the way I interpreted it. And I was like, yeah, that's, of what i think is going on and um so people can you know make certain actions and then be perceived completely differently than why they're doing them yeah so just be
1: aware of that but if you want to look in the mirror every single time then look in the damn mirror every single time like shouldn't matter why sorry that that touched mm. a button for me like just look <laughs> in the mirror if you want to look in the mirror sorry i'm good for me it was
2: more like a, okay yeah i would like to feel more comfortable walking by a mirror and not having to look Sure. Uh, I should. If my hair's messed up a little bit, that is okay. Um, and so that was more of a growth factor for me versus being upset. But yeah, totally. I see what you're saying. Totally.
0: Hey, so this is related. Uh, why do people act tough? Like, why do they put that persona on?
1: They feel like they need to. They feel obligated to. Yeah. It makes them feel more successful or something about being tough is tied to being successful.
0: Yeah. I, okay. That, I, I see where you're going with that. I t- to me, to me it is total fear. Mm-hmm. Like when somebody does that, the tough thing, I'm like, Oh, that person is scared. Okay. So what you're saying, Ava, is they are putting up this fake persona, I think of successful, you know, they're trying to put that like, uh, how did you word it again? I, th- I think you're saying this is what I'm seeing there, th- but it, but it's fake, you know that they're yeah. I think it's almost like armor that they way. are putting on.
1: Yes, yeah. armor. Yeah. This is yeah. what I need in order to be the kind of person that I want society to think that I am. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So what I wrote down in my notes, I have fear that you know why do we act tough? Fear. Okay, this isn't necessarily bad. Okay, but it's fear. It's protection, the armor part that you all mentioned, and then it's vulnerability. You know, they're feeling vulnerable. OK, mm-hmm. so what I want to do is I want to spin the vulnerability part as instead of it being like, oh, I could get caught and somebody could tear me apart, you know, whatever, spin it and be like, no, actually, vulnerability can be a strength and it can be that attractive trait because it does help build trust. OK, so admitting or sharing your your fears or your weaknesses or your vulnerabilities can be really attractive. OK, because you're going out there and you're taking the risk and you're showing this other person, this part of yourself and that takes courage. And so the other person is not going to see like, they're not really going to see it as a vulnerability. They're going to look at it as like, oh, this person was real and they had the courage to come tell me this and, you know, and I, I can trust them, you know, and that starts to kind of build all that stuff. But you get major points for for courage, you know, for, for, for taking the risk with the other person and trusting the other person with this Vulnerable part of you that that is that's a really big one. So, you know, the vulnerability I love because it really is a quick, fast, strong way to really kind of develop trust. Um, I do want to add you just when you're doing that kind of stuff, when you're putting yourself out there and being a little bit vulnerable, you know, again fear and protection are real. You do need some protection. So if you don't know the other person, you don't go share your whole life with them. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, that's too much too fast. Yeah. That's not necessarily wise. So you're always kind of testing the water. You're throwing a little bit out there and seeing if they treat you well. And if they do, you can go a little further and go a little further. And that is really in a lot of ways, like the process of, of say dating or forming a relationship, you know, is that, that, It is a process, you know, and it takes time to kind of go through that. And it's fun as you get to know the other person more and more and, uh, you know, deeper and deeper. So, um, and and related to that too, the vulnerability, you're sort of giving the other person power. And when you give the other person power, and we have, again, later in the the, the last one of those eight points that we're going to cover is like empowering yourself and empowering others. When you give somebody else power, it, it benefits them, but it also helps make them feel safe and also helps make them know that they can trust you because you, you know, you're taking risk and you're being mm-hmm. like, you've got the power, you can make this decision, you can do these certain things. And you would think in some respects, like that's maybe not, um, a smart thing to do to give somebody else power, but it is, it's really connecting, you know, people really appreciate it. And people, I think most of the time act really kindly uh, when, when somebody does that. So, all right. What about giving, we've talked to this about in the past, like for attraction, you know, we were talking about what is attraction. And a lot of times it's like, do you, what do you have to offer somebody else? What do you have a value that is able to benefit somebody else? And so, you know, whatever those things are, whether it's like sitting and listening for a while, you know, or I have money or I have, uh, you know, great, fun things that we can go do together when you have something of value to give somebody else that that's often attractive. Okay. Um, But giving something of value to others, can you all think of ways like how that is related to building trust and connection?
2: I think just um, giving me like an open environment and quality time will build that up in order for me to develop trust
1: towards you. Well, and I think giving giving any piece of yourself to another person, whether that's your presence or your time or your humor or whatever, I mean, that's going to communicate to the other person that they are that they are worthy of that gift, right? That that you are interested enough in them that you're willing to provide them with these these gifts, these pieces of you that that you know can give them a sense of worthiness. That's going to build trust as well
0: okay so if you give compliments to somebody that's a way to kind of help you know build some trust it shows that you you know you notice this about them and you like and admire this thing about them um there's two ways to give a compliment there's going to be i'm going to say a weak way that doesn't have much substance and there's going to be a strong way that does have a lot of substance okay so as an example a, a weak compliment would be like you are so cool Cause it doesn't really say much. Okay. It's not explaining why. So if you get in there and say, you are so cool with how you style your hair, then you're complimenting, you know, the person that, that, you know, and it's not just their hair, but it's like, way they style their hair, you know, that they as a person have the talent and skill for the do the style and you know, put it all together. So that's a lot stronger. And you're just kind of one of the, th- let me add this too. Okay. So one of the best words ever is the word because. I love because, okay. So when you're giving a compliment, if you think of the word because, so it's like, you are so cool because you fill in the blank, you tell the person I used to do it with my kids, Well, we, and I might've said this once before, but it's like putting them to bed when they were little. I used to always try to think like, what is something that they have done that is really cool or really impressive, you know? And so I will tell them. And so that word because comes in and I could be like, you know, you are so amazing because, and then you just fill in the blank. You know, and if you think about it, like they had you had an entire day with them, it's not that hard to come up with some something that they did that you thought was, you know, was cool or fun or whatever. So because is great. And the other thing is we like to have answers. So if you want to cut in line and you say, I need to cut in line, that's not gonna cut it. If you say I need to cut in line because I'm running late, then people are usually like, Oh, yeah, you got a reason. Like, okay, mm-hmm. please go ahead of me. Now I understand. So that makes that word because starts to fill in that sort of trust aspect too. You're giving people a better explanation. I use this in business all the time, you know, my day job, because I'm trying to get this team to work with that team. We've got to pull this thing together. Hey, I need this favor from you to, you know, hurry up. If you throw in that because and you give them that reason, then people are like, okay, like now I feel important. I know why you need this so mm-hmm. fast, and I'm happy to kind of help. So
2: well, because you're almost personalizing it, and that's going to resonate yeah.
0: well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, here's your bonus tip of the day. Um, Another cool word is the word "and." So you take the word "but" and you get rid of it, and you throw the word "and" in here. So it's like, you know, uh, I can't think of a good example right now. Like, um, I really like the way you did your hair, but red is not what I would pick. Well, that's maybe not the best. Okay, but so I would never say that. Other people say that. Uh, So if you if you switch out the word "but," when you say "but," it means you know, forget what I said in the beginning. Now I'm going to tell you the real deal, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So you're better to say the word and. So it's like, uh, you know, I re- what did I say? really like your hair and red. Still didn't sound good. Red is not your color. <laughs> <laughs> but if you switch the word and, if you replace, you can almost always replace the word but with the word and. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so much better and it takes that edge off, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not as cutting on people. You know, it's it's just making more of observations. That was a poor example.
1: Do you want a better example?
0: Yes, please. Thank you, Ava.
1: I, oh, and I'm going to lose it now that I've said something. Um, I really appreciate how hard you've been working on this issue. And also, there are a few details that I was hoping we could talk about.
0: Oh, that's good. You, you do that so much better than me. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah, because you, I would have, but, you know, you, there's some details we need to work on and you switch it to, and there's some things we could do better. Yeah. Okay. This is again, something I wanted to kind of share because I think it's important. So how to approach someone directly. Now at some point, I don't do this. I want to find out about the indirect method. Okay. Which I'm gonna say very often I think women are sort of taught more like by society. So you don't have to do it this way. I don't know it's the best way, but it's like, oh, you'd be indirect. When you see the person over there, you can't go up and just ask them out. You know, you need to bat your eyes and do this thing and make them like you to where they come over and approach you, okay? And and I think, like, hey, that's fine. Like that is, I think, an indirect method of connecting with somebody, okay. But and this could be just, you know, being a guy, the way we're taught and, and things. I don't know. But I'm going to say I want to talk about the direct style for a second. So I'm not dissing the indirect style at all, but just talking about the the a direct state. So how do you approach somebody directly? And if you do this style, then you're really demonstrating the honesty, intent, and clarity. And so those things, again, we're, all those things are good for helping to build trust and, and the connection. Okay. So, uh, when you write to somebody, you know, be, be respectful and kind, don't be pushy or, you know, cool, or try to be like all kind of tough about the thing. Okay. Just, you know, be really respectful and kind. Um, when you meet somebody, you know, choose like a safe place to meet such as the public coffee shop. Okay. I love the coffee shop because Mm -hmm. it's it's a short time period. You know, we're going to go there for a cup of coffee and then that's it. Then you're off the hook and you can leave now, Brandy you and I met for coffee and mm-hmm. I think we turned it into two and a half hours. Okay. It's true. <laughs> it was something yeah. long, like, you know, yeah. uh, and that was great. And that was not as intentional, but I think you and I were both, I and mean, we just kind of both connected and stuff and mm-hmm. we were enjoying it. And so it just turned into two and a half hours. So it can do that, but it doesn't have to, and it can be a half hour and you meet each other mm-hmm. and you, you know, you don't make any pressure like Ava said earlier. And so after the half hour, you go your separate ways and you can regroup again another time, you know, it's because you only, because you didn't give that person pressure and they were allowed to leave, they're going to feel much more comfortable Mm -hmm. and much more safe about getting together with you again. So where you're going to meet somebody, you know, for, for a date or something like that, pick someplace that is physically safe. And that is, you know, I'm going to say mentally, and emotionally safe. It's only 30, 45 minutes. You're not going to like take up the, the entire evening with the person do that later when, when it feels safe you know and then you can be shown like no i really want to spend time with you i really want to have an entire evening with you that's a way of kind of amping things up and taking it sort of like that next level of seriousness mm-hmm. but don't do it too soon you mm-hmm. know do it do it when you know the person's going to really enjoy it um okay so approaching somebody directly when is it okay to touch someone what 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 are your thoughts
1: when you have their consent yeah. Yeah, that's
0: a good answer. So I had both people need to feel that attraction. Okay. Mm-hmm. This goes right into it. And uh so before you go do the touch, you need to sort of uh you need to do something to kind of test this out. You know, you need you need to so a good one is like to ask the person, you know, mm-hmm. and you you're yes, Eva what you're saying is like you're asking for consent another way to look at it is like, you're just asking like, is it okay? So you like, you know, it's the end of the date and you can say like, you know, may I kiss you? That's sexy. You know, you're mm-hmm. asking for the consent, but you're not just going in for the kiss, but you're asking, you're saying like, you're kind of being vulnerable. I would like to kiss you, you know, may I kiss you? And then the other person has the power and they can say, uh, no, thanks Steven, but no. you know uh but very often when you give them that power and you do that and you're sure then you have a much better chance of that person being like yes please you know So, Mm -hmm. so that's the easy one don't you know i would say like yeah work it in where you don't have to necessarily go touch the person just check in with them first you may i kiss you or you know hey do you mind if i hold your hand i'd like you know and always let them say no you can ask the question just always let them say no to you. And if they say no, then you're like, that's, that's great and that's fine. And Brandy, we teach this all the time, you know, in classes too, like with consent, where it's like, mm-hmm. if you do that, if you're showing that you're respectful of that boundary, then very often the person will come back later and be like, you know what, I, I would like to play or I would mm-hmm. like to hold your hand or something like that because you, mm-hmm. you handled that situation well. And that kind of gets into the last one I want to talk about, which was like consent and sticking to the boundaries. If you cross a boundary, go further than what you agreed to or something like that, you have shot yourself in the foot. You know, It's just not going to be any good. Um, It is the responsibility. So in, in our scenes with kink and BDSM and things like that, we're always teaching that it's the responsibility of the top or the dominant person to earn the trust of the bottom because the bottom can't just give it. You know, mm-hmm. it has to be earned over time. The bottom person, the submissive, the person who's going to be spanked, whatever, it's like they can agree like, yeah, I'll try this, you know, but they can't, re- you can't just be like, oh, I suddenly trust you. You can't do that. It mm-hmm. has to be earned over time. So, you know, sticking to the boundaries um, and consent are are huge. Um, and then so that just gets into, if you're trustworthy, you're going to build your reputation. It's going to help create trust. It's going to be great. Uh, being trusting Just try to drop your defenses slowly so you can increase the connection and just know that like there's going to be some risk involved when you're dropping those defenses, drop them, test things out, see if you get a good reaction back. And if you do, then you can, you know, set them, go a little further, be a little bit more vulnerable the next time. Um, And then I like to say like flirting is the, is sort of a dance of like testing the waters where you're taking appropriate risks, small appropriate risks, and you're learning then like when to take larger wins to develop that trust. So that, that is uh, so many ways, like that's what flirting is, you know, we're going to start it off and it's going to be the slower kind of thing. And then again, like we said earlier, it, it kind of builds over. And if you have trust, th- that's a gift that you can give to somebody. So when you're trusting the other person, it, it really is a gift. You're giving it makes you vulnerable. And, and that's why it's so important. And it's so connecting. So it's wonderful when we can let our guards down and trust the other person and, you know. You all have anything you want to add?
1: No, I think that was wonderfully put, Stephen. Yeah, that
2: was great.
0: Thanks.
1: Good job. (laughs) Gold stars.
0: (laughs) So uh, we'll roll into story time then. Oh. Story time. So once upon a time, there was a dirty slut. (laughs) dirty slut. And her name, this dirty slut, her name was Nurse Brandy. (laughs) I see Brandy's face right now. So I want to talk about like when Brandy and I first connected, like I sent Brandy an email. Okay. And we're going to save that for, that's going to be a separate story mm, for later oh on. Okay. Yeah. Because that was me being the one who was like, Oh my God, what am I going to say? And like, you know, we'll talk about that later. That's going to come I'm in. I'm not knowing we what
2: to say. You said a lot.
0: Well, w- but we'll cover that. I want to cover that when we talk about like <laughs> mm-hmm. conversations, mm-hmm. you know, so, so we will cover that because I think it's a good example, but man, I was so nervous because we, I didn't yeah. know her, did not know her at all. Um, and, So, but so after we started talking though, what Brandy and I found, we really kind of connected on was, uh, was humiliation play. And I know for myself, I was always like in the beginning, I was like, man, I could never do humiliation play. Like I didn't, I didn't understand it. And that's one of the things I want to talk about in this story. I was like, man, I'm not going to tear somebody down. Like, mm-hmm. what good is that? That is a horrible thing to do. And I'm not going to, you know, I would just would not, I would feel like an asshole if I did that. So I always thought there's no way I'm going to do humiliation play. And then right around the time. Do you think,
2: let me interrupt real quick. Do you yeah. think you feeling that was because you hadn't yet developed the trust with another person?
0: No, I just. that. no. No, no, no. I just didn't get it, okay? So one of the things I've learned about like kink Mm -hmm. and BDSM is there is always a positive to all the things we can do. Anything, Mm -hmm. you know, you can think of it as mean or as dirty as possible, right? And it's like, why would these two people do this or four people do this? And you then, and you find there's always like a positive aspect, right? Nobody's going to do something that doesn't somehow give them some positive benefit, some feeling, okay? Mm -hmm. So I got to a point where I realized like there's something to this that I don't understand the the uh humiliation play um but i knew that you know it's got to be doing something for somebody you know what it is and so then by the time i met you brandy and we started talking i was really interested in starting to explore it and then brandy said oh yeah i love humiliation play you know I think, mm-hmm. that, and i don't know if you had done much of it before before you and i talking
2: um i had explored it yeah but i'm kind of choosing with who i do humiliation play with just because it's um a type of kink for me that I have to have like it just involves trust it's not yeah. a casual play type of kink so I yeah. have some experience but it was limited for sure
0: yeah okay so th- so that was one of the things I think that Brandy and I kind of had overlapping interests and we didn't maybe fully understand it and so that was like a great thing for us to kind of get to work on and explore you know so that was the connecting um okay then I don't know how this. I don't remember exactly how this thing started, but it was like, you know, Kimberly and I, I think, and some friends. Everything starts off as a joke, right? And so we're sitting there and we're talking about things, and we're like, "Oh yeah, well, you know that in the Game of Thrones where Cersei Lannister has to do that walk of shame? We're like, that would be a great scene, ha 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 ha." And you don't at the time nobody thought about ever doing that for real. You know, it was like mm-hmm. it was just a joke. Oh, that you know, who in the world would do that? And Kimberly's like, "Not me. I'm not doing that. You know, that is not my thing." And I was, and then I thought of like a couple other people and I'm like, yeah, I couldn't do it to that person either. Like if something goes wrong, like just, it wouldn't be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think that's their thing. And, and then it's like, it's Brandy. I've got, <laughs> do it to Brandy. <laughs> okay. So part of, I'm going to say though, Brandy, that part of your power though, is that I felt comfortable enough that I was like, I can do this with you and you're, you're going to enjoy it. Cause I knew you mm-hmm. well enough then you're going to enjoy it and we're not going to go wrong. You knew enough to trust me. That mm-hmm. if I'm saying stuff to you, you already knew like I liked you and respected you and all that mm-hmm. kind of you know, those things, right? Well, that's so, because
2: we had had placings previous to that, and so that yeah. trust
0: had been developed. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like
2: you just called me up and was like, "Hey, this let's try." Like it right. was already, yeah, headed that direction.
0: Right, because who would do it with people you don't even know? It's,
2: I mean, it's it's tough. That's
0: coming later. That's the part oh, okay. to the story. Okay. Okay. So, for, but. Uh, you're part of that. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyway. No, but um, you
2: were the main person. So I trusted you and you had developed the experience. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. So I thought you were, you were a really good person, right? I thought I can talk to you beforehand and, and we did, you know, and we said, mm-hmm. and I don't, but I want to tell me the, tell me what you remember of the whole thing, like in your words, because mm-hmm. I don't exactly remember how I approached you and I don't remember exactly. I don't know. Tell, tell me what you um, So before,
2: so t- just talking about like the one-on-one thing, the first thing, and then the second one we'll talk about later is, um, I just remember you approaching me with the general idea um, of like the walk of shame. Did I tell you I, that up front? You. I don't think I told it you was,
0: that. I think. I think I lured you in.
2: It was going to, I know that it was going to be an attempt for you to get information from me and for me to tell you something. And that I had to tell you something that was satisfactory enough. Um, and for me, I was like, I don't, he, he knows stuff about me already. I don't know what more he could want to know, but this will be fun. It'll be fun for you to keep prodding me into getting to whatever you wanted to hear. Um, because I felt confident that I would say something. I just didn't know what that was. So not knowing that, not knowing how long it was going to take for that to happen in the scene was really fun.
0: Here, here's what I remember about it. It's mm-hmm. a little different. And just mm-hmm. FYI, side note, people's memories are horrible. We yeah. never remember things accurate. Your mind alters them or whatever over time. Oh, sure. So unfortunately, I was like telling the story. It's like, I, it's been long enough now. It's like, man, I'm already, you know, anyway, that's not how I remember Brandy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, what, what I, so what I remember about it was, I don't think I wanted to tell you the exact concept of it right? Because I thought I want it to be a surprise. So, uh, I remember like we were at the club getting people lined up, like talking to close friends that you would trust and you would feel comfortable with. And it wasn't necessarily a ton of people. It might've been like 10 people and being like, Hey, you know, I'm going to go do this scene with Brandy. Would you help us be a part of it? And I think bringing people in one of those things is I think I had maybe cleared that with you that hey is if we yeah. ever bring people in in the future is that okay like just think of them as an extension of me I am responsible for them if somebody gets mm-hmm. out of line I will take care of it you know that kind of thing so think of it as an extension of me so I think you had sort of given me like okay that's all right yeah I so that. yeah so the reason I say lured you in is I don't think I told you everything that we were gonna do so instead what I remember was like. Was putting you on the ground. So in the scene, the the, the base for people maybe who haven't seen the Game of Thrones, this is minor spoilers. It's not going to mess anything up for you. But th- the way this kind of works out is, Cersei is the is the queen, and she gets kind of captured by the religious people. That, you know, they're in the city, and there's a power balance between the, the 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 kings and queens, and then the religious. Okay, so the religious people they 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 capture her. And they want her to confess to all the evil things she's done. And eventually they do break her. And so for the confession part, they just go in and they would just like hit her and be like, confess and hit her confess, you know, and eventually, and they do this for days and days and days. And eventually the person like starts to confess to their sins. And then for your atonement, the walk of atonement, I guess is what it is. Walk Mm -hmm. of shame is she has to go from the religious place back to get to, back to the safety of like her castle. And she's got to walk through the town where all the people hate her. So she's naked, totally naked. And she's got to walk They've also cut the her hair
2: really short. Oh yeah. And she was really prideful about her long hair. And that's they, true. So they did that already physically debasing her. Yeah. With that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And so as she w- has to walk back through to the town, they make her walk slowly you know, she can't run. She's got to walk back. So she walks through, it's like they throw things at her. They throw shit at her. They call her all these names and they do not like her, you know? So this is like mm-hmm. the townspeople's chance to like sort of tell her what they think, what they think of her. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I thought that's perfect for Brandy. Okay. So, but I don't think I told you the whole thing. So what I remember is sitting you down and then hitting you with a cane and being confess, you know, and I'm not hitting yeah, you so it started hard. out.
2: But- semi-private because you had taken some of the mats and uh, arranged them in like a three-sided. To
0: make the cell. Yes.
2: Exactly. Yes. And so it was isolating.
0: Yeah. And And then you, but what I remember is I'd hit you and you'd be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I'd hit you again and be like, confess. And you'd be like, to what? And I hit you again and go confess. And you were not getting it. And so finally, after I was I, getting
2: it, but I did. I was trying to. I was in my head about what you wanted to hear. And, and so, so I was I, like, I no idea. So I should have just started saying things, and I didn't. I was just like, I don't know what you want to hear.
0: Yeah. So I remember <laughs> leaning in, and being like, I'm going to keep hitting you until you confess to something dirty, because I knew you have some stuff, sure. and I wanted to know what. And I was excited to see what was going to come out. And do you remember what you said? Yeah. What, what, to I
2: had all these thoughts <laughs> going through my head, but like what I felt most guilty for um, that day or week or hour apparently was that, that I was had um, put myself on a restriction of Sprites and I only allowed myself to drink one 8-ounce Sprite a day. And I confessed to drinking two 8-ounce Sprites that day and I felt very remorseful about it, very guilty <laughs> and shameful, I swear to you, that was what came to my mind. and So that's what yes. I confessed <laughs>
0: Right. And I thought, that is, I said, I, I remember this. I was like, Brandy, okay. That's not going to, but work that's not going to cut it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I need, I want something dirty. I was like, not, right.
2: So excited that I found one. And I was like, yes. And this is it. And this is, good. yeah.
0: Right. I so you really gave me the honest, an- right. You <laughs> gave me the honest answer. Yeah. But that's not what I wanted. I wanted the dirty answer. Right.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> I learned, I learned that. Right. Amen. So like yeah. then there
0: was like a couple more hits and then Brittany's like, Oh, oh, I know, I know, I know. So I stop hitting. I'm like, Okay, well what is it? Right. And then and then she tells me and I'm going, Ooh, okay, that's that's kind of dirty. Like right. that you, not know. everybody you- Mm-hmm. Like I was like I don't know like she, she now shared her secret with me right so remember you build trust like you're not supposed to go share everybody's secrets right and I'm sitting there going like I don't know if I'm supposed to tell everybody that you know and so and then Brandy goes like what what's wrong don't you like kink shame me. me don't kink shame <laughs> me right so then I was like okay that's true so, so but for but for the sake of this podcast like we're just gonna leave it as the the thing that shall not be named mm-hmm. okay so it was a it was a good one like that she gave me and it was a good It'd one shocked I'm
2: and surprised you. I feel like it, it, was a it,
0: it, one. Yeah. it did, it did, but then it was one of those things. I'm just like, I don't know if we should just like go share this with everybody, you know. So, I was trying to give you the out, you know. Anyway, so we, so I said, Okay, I said, That's that's good. Come on, you know, we're going for your walk. Yeah, I, didn't, I mean, there
2: wasn't anything else after that one, like, I don't know. Like yeah that. you know what
1: i mean like yeah, giving you
2: some
0: benefit,
1: yeah. now and- i really want to know if you had oh. kept going just kept going steven just because i wonder what else would have come out a whole
0: a whole lot of stuff this is fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so we had then brand brandy like walk through a, you know real slowly i kind of held her back or something like that and controlled the walking speed and we had her walk through we didn't have a ton of people we had like maybe 10 or 12 people in So you're gonna have five or six on each side, you know? And, and the whole concept was like, you know, to go through, Oh, and I had checked in with you and I said, is there anything like we should not use like to insult right. you? And, and you said like, just don't, don't say I'm stupid.
2: Right. That was my only, like,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the, I said, so that's mm-hmm. fine. So I told everybody, I said you, you know, you're allowed to, you know, say, say whatever you want. You know, make fun of her hair, make fun of, you know, whatever, yeah, and you know, put her down, and you know, I'll tell you what she confesses to, and like we're just gonna kind of tease her and say, and again, this is kind of like you're in there with you, like your friends, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody that's like super mean or whatever like that. But so, uh, but we they were know, still we,
2: much more enthusiastic than I expected. They it was,
0: <laughs> it was, was they fun. were
2: very enthusiastic to participate. Like, right, it was, fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun.
0: And we so again it was a short line so we were like we're going to walk through there three times you know just to kind of try to to get that feel or whatever and I think at the maybe the third time you it was okay for people to touch you so it wasn't just the insults but it was like they could maybe grope you or right right or, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that was something again you we added that in just because Brandy was comfortable enough with it right? mm-hmm. so, so it was a lot of fun and then so how how did that feel like what, you know, that's, I'm going to say that's humiliation play. So what does that do for you? Why do you like it?
2: Um, So that is really difficult to describe. And I think it's one of those type of taboo kinks that you really either get it or you don't. Um, and I've played with people that don't understand it, but they attempt to try to do it and it just doesn't go well. Um, because again, you just have to understand it. But, um, for me, I get a lot of value out of being debased and um, like my identity being taken away and then kind of entering into this space of nothingness. And that's been really cathartic for me. Um, I'm comfortable there. I like it there. And so any of the what's, you know, normally seen as a negative um, works completely differently for me when I'm in a humiliation type play. That's the best way I can describe it
0: that's good that is nice because the way i get out of it again as uh sort of the top dominant a lot of times we do these kind of scenes too i always feel like we're doing art you know it's like Mm -hmm. performance art in some ways and you don't always know how it's going to go and and, and all but um for me it is like we you trusted me enough to go through and do Mm -hmm. this the other people Mm -hmm. so if you you would not necessarily have been able to set it up yourself and and Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that you let me set it up for you and that I was able to bring in people that you maybe didn't know super well or whatever, or, you know, but, um, we're going to a place that you can't go on your own. You know, you need this other person to kind of help get you there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, because you're, but then you get to go on this shared experience, you Mm -hmm. know, with them and, um, that helps create that kind of, that, that trust and the connection. And we did something special and it was fun. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of laughter in that scene. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not like mm-hmm. a super intense, like you were not crying or anything like that. You know, it was more right. of just like, everybody had a great time. Like when people were making fun of you, there was, I mean, they were making fun of you, but they were like laughing, you know? They were really
2: and, enjoying it. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's, that, but we're also, it's very freeing it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the stuff that you did, you know, and we're talking about how dirty you are, but also, you know, like we all really like you, we all really right. respect you. We think the stuff you do is amazing. So it's, it's, you you go through that. And even though we're maybe using certain words and talking mm-hmm. about like, you know, like, well, the society says you should feel bad about this brand. Mm-hmm. The, the reality is like, we're all there for you and accepting of it and sharing this moment with mm-hmm. you. And I think so that when you're finished, I think it feels really good.
2: And, and it was, It was actually kind of nice to see the progression. So like walking through once people were pretty hesitant and I could see like they were looking at each other other because they had a list of things that they could say that were really hitting home, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, they were hesitant to say that. And so you kind of jumped in and kind of led some of that. And then the second one, they got better. And by the third one, they were completely comfortable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Touching and so, groping.
2: Right. Just to see them being a little bit hesitant, like, are we sure this is okay? And then we reassured them and they saw that I was enjoying it. Um, and then they got more and more comfortable and it great.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So there was even trust developed in that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. and then Kimberly came along
2: mm-hmm. and
0: she set up a Game of Thrones party at the club. Like uh-huh. And so because she sets the Game of Thrones party up at the club, she starts everything starts out as a joke. Yeah, Steve, you and Brandy are gonna have to do the the um the the walk of shame thing again.
2: Because we yeah. had just done that on a random night. Yeah. And right when she developed a themed party, it was like, Oh well of course it has to happen then.
0: Right. And then we're not going to be like, yeah, we'll just do the exact same thing we did before. Like we can't do that. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. that's not the same thing. So, but then you and I got kind of pulled into it and people started being like, yeah, you've got to do that. Yeah. You've got to do that. And the pressure started coming down. And so eventually it was like, yeah, Brandy, uh, we do have to do something. So we decided it would be why do it to each other when we can do it to other people. Mm -hmm. So we, we ended up, we, we ran this past management and stuff like that, but we ended up, um, the two, as you, as people kind of came into the party, they could come over to where Brandy and I were and sign up to be in the crowd or to be a, uh, a dirty slutty walker, you mm-hmm. know, a shameful walker. And, um, so part of this was that when you come over to us, we gave wristbands out. So we wanted to kind of prep everybody on the basics. So again, that you did have like the consent that re- you were understanding. And if you, if somebody who wanted to be a walker, we did ask them like, what are, what are the things that we should not say to you? You know mm-hmm. the triggers, like what what are your triggers, or what are these things that are kind of too painful, or whatever. And what I found was like they were they were all in the same category, and it was like you know don't call me fat, don't mm-hmm. call me stupid, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I want to say don't call me dumb. It's the same thing. There was not a lot that was like, those are really the basics, Mm -hmm. you know, that people, so that was interesting that those are the most hurtful things. I think that you could say to somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. cutting on people that way. And so that I kind of learned that that evening, I did not expect everybody to have like the same limits of what not to say, but most people were, were very open to it. The problem was we had, we had more people signed up, to be the, the shamed walkers who are going to get insulted and we could not get people, we could not get enough people to form a crowd to yeah. of like do the insults. And so eventually we that problem. Yeah. And eventually I left Brandy at the booth. I said, I'm going out to work the crowd. I'm going to go talk to our friends and like convince it because people would come up and be like, oh, that's pretty cool. But uh, I could not do that. I just I couldn't like throw insults to somebody, which I get, you know, because that used to be me, too, when I didn't understand it. And so then going out there and like explaining it to them, like, no, you're really doing these people a favor, you know, by Mm -hmm. doing this thing, because like, you know, they're it's going to come out and it's going to be a fun thing and they're going to feel great. They're going to be very courageous and we're going to honor that, you know? And so, so we did. And so we have, we did, you know, me going out there, I think got enough people in the, crowd, but we had, I'm going to say 40, maybe, I don't know if it was 50 people, but it was, I would say 40. It was a good chunk of the people that were there at that party. And they ended up giving us a whole section where we could kind of line people up. And so, um,
2: the people that were walkers wearing one colored armband and the people that were shamers wearing a different colored armband. So you knew just visually looking at them that they were supposed to be there walking just to, to clarify the armband.
0: And the people who were walking, they were allowed to make up something it didn't have to be something that they did you know they could have like this is my fantasies that i've done this you know so there were people that were like well i've really done this and i said no this is great nobody's gonna believe that you've done this so we'll just tell everybody in this room that you've done this and people you know they'll be like oh psh, that's made up you know and then of course it like no we'll know our secret that it's not made up yeah you know? <laughs> so we we did that and it, and it turned out and it was great you know we did everybody had so much fun the thing was it didn't feel like humiliation because there was almost like so much cheering going on you You'd have somebody go mm-hmm. out there, you know, and they're supposed to be shameful because, you know, this man is a submissive male and he likes to wear panties and he should feel bad. Right. But it basically the words coming out of people's mouths were like, you are you know, whatever you're a slut. But the attitude was like, you're awesome. And so people <laughs> would come out of it. So you ended up, you had to be courageous to go through and do it, you know, mm-hmm. and then it was basically people were like really kind of cheering you on. So by the time you were finished, people felt great. The crowd felt great. You know for mm-hmm. doing it and it was a really it was really fun but it was not like a hard kind of scene it was very yeah. in some ways like lighthearted and fun so mm-hmm. uh, the, i have one other thing i want to add that was to me i don't know brandy i don't know there there's uh i had a friend megan okay and megan when she first came out to the club she didn't know anybody and she was very I'm say shy, you know. So she and I remember meeting her at the door, you know, for our, for our one munch and being like, "Oh, are you nervous?" And she's like, "Yes, I'm nervous." I'm like, "Okay, you're. good, It's going to be great, you know." And um, and so she did well, you know. She ate the dinner and things and came to the club and all that. And then it was like the next time I get a maybe a text or something that she's checking in with me and she's like, hey, "Is it okay if I come to the club?" But like, I don't really talk to people. I just sit on the side. Is that going to be weird? Should I not do that? It's like, no, you're. That's fine. Just do what you want to do. Nobody's going to think bad of you you know, we're going to be glad that you're there. And so she did, but she was very hesitant about this stuff, you know, and coming in slowly. And so eventually, I don't know, after a certain period of time, we had stayed in contact and, and I was like, I would like to do a scene with you, you know, so let's you and I do a scene. And I also thought like, again, there was some trust that was built up there and things. And I thought like, I think she's going to feel more comfortable doing something with me than, than, Maybe somebody else, whatever, right? So she agrees, okay? And uh, I get <laughs> that night, she doesn't show up like right away, mm-hmm. right? And then I check my phone, there's a text message. She's like, oh, I'm on my way. I'm just, you know, maybe nervous, whatever. And then I get a text message. She's like, I'm here. And I'm like, I don't see you. And then it's like, well, I'm in the car. I'm kind of nervous oh. about coming in. And at this point, I'm going like, thinking to myself, like, she has got to get out of the car. She has got to walk in. Like, I can't go out there. To go mm-hmm. rescue her. Like that's not the right thing, you know, that she's gotta be able to show herself that she can do this. So I think I said, like, I'll meet you at the front. I said, You gotta come in and walk up. I'll be right there at the like the front counter things because she did that. And um, and then we did do our scene. Okay. But the point is she was always very nervous about the stuff. This huge turning point was when she decided she was going to do that Game of Thrones, the walk of shame Hmm. and that she came out and so she, it wasn't, I don't think she was, she was not like that day. Like, Oh, I'm going to do it. She was on the fence. Like, I don't know if I can do this or, you know, maybe I should or shouldn't or whatever. And, um, and so she did. And I want to say, I don't know if she was completely naked. I think she might've been down to like panties, you know, again, that's, and I was like, that's fine. Whatever you're comfortable with is fine. And, but she did that walk of shame in front of, you know, the entire, everybody. And Mm -hmm. I thought, here's the person that like couldn't get out of their car and like now look at her. And so I just have to say, she is one of my heroes for somebody that is very maybe nervous or shy about the stuff and just how far she came and how much courage she has Mm -hmm. to do that stuff. And I was so proud. I still am so proud of her, you know, for going through it. And so that's, that's humiliation play. Mm -hmm. It is like, what's the word, like elation you know, when you see somebody like have the courage to go through and do this thing. And so it is, it's building, you're playing with trust and you're playing with that connection and you're taking in the vulnerability of the person, you know, and you could be tearing them apart. And very often in the play part, it's like society says, this is wrong, but you know, we're accept you. But when you notice like how courageous a person is, I don't know. It just means a lot. It's still, you know, that whole night. Just all mm-hmm. the, that we did with it really means a lot to me.
2: Yeah, and so just to give a little bit more background, so you were the leader of the shamer, and I was the trailer of the shamer, and I had a bell that I was mm-hmm. ringing, and you were saying shame. Yeah, you shame. Were dressed as a nun. Huh?
0: Weren't you dressed no, as a nun? No, I was
2: dressed as a version of Cersei. Oh, believe. you were. That's we right. We went through it, so That's you know right. we were there for two hours before getting everything prepped in the participants, and then we did it. And then I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. And so we got done and I went in there and I was fixing a plate and you came in to fix a plate because we had like a little banquet style thing in the education room. And I was like, oh, I got out of that one because there was something <laughs> I think you mentioned like, you know, you're going to be doing this. And um, I was like, got out of that one. And I had my plate. You're like, oh, no, you didn't. And so you like drug me back in there. And so then, you know, I, I remember
0: my, that now. Yeah, I was like, it.
2: But it was weird to experience that like relief. And like, OK, that's done. Let's move on. And then it to come back again. That was. The
0: point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, point of sharing that story is really to kind of give an example of like how much fun and how sort of powerful like playing with trust can be you know and people don't ever think about playing with trust but it's doing a shared experience could be like hang gliding together it could be i don't know doing dancing lessons together somebody's nervous mm-hmm. about dancing it's all kind of, but when you're doing those shared experiences like that it's very connecting you know so just mm-hmm. you know keep and it's somebody's being vulnerable you know and it's it, it's really good so those are some of the best dates and i kind of want to throw that out there just to help give people ideas of things they can do with partners or people that they're interested in you know that's going to stand out over say just the coffee date Don't, don't do the walk of shame on the first date, you know, wait, (laughs) wait until the second date. Yeah. So, all right. uh, That that wraps us up for today. Um, Do you all have anything you want to add before we go into the end?
1: Just that I was there for that walk of shame on the Game of Thrones night and everybody was having a good, yeah, I did not participate. I sat on the futon with a friend and we just watched and like laughed and cheered people on yeah. and we, it was really fun to watch from a spectator viewpoint so yeah,
0: yeah. It, and was, i assume it felt good didn't it
1: yeah it was great yeah. i mean it they were not they were not like dark vibes it was like mm-hmm. it felt very celebratory if anything
0: yeah. yeah 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 it was it was yeah it was really good it was really good mm-hmm. all right well thank you everybody um next week we're going to do reading people so that's the third point in our 8 point guide to flirting and seduction um that guide again if you go to ethicalseduction.com, uh you can and you subscribe uh you get the newsletter you're subscribing for the newsletter but you're also getting the eight point guide to, to flirting and seduction the newsletter is really pretty simple we don't want to flood your inbox we send out one email um each week and we usually kind of give like a behind the scenes of the, what is on the podcast and a, a, you know a tip of the week something like that try to make it short um something short and fun and but you get the eight eight point guide An eight point guide is a really good overview so you know again those let me read real fast what those were i forget them becoming attractive building trust and connections we did tonight uh reading people's next week creating engaging conversations because we get questions about that all the time about talking you know whether it's even emails or text or just you know having the conversation in, in particular uh the art of flirting which is, that's going to be a fun one. And sometimes people don't always, I don't know, there, there's an art to it. So we're going to help give people ideas of like how to do it kind of like the story, you know, as an example. So you come away being like, okay, I have a, a better sense of things. Influence and persuasion. We talked about that once before. We'll probably try to dive into it, you know, more specifically here of how it relates with, with, uh, flirting and stuff. Intimacy. And then empowering yourself and empowering others because we didn't necessarily know this when we first started the podcast and started the whole ethical seduction thing. But in the end, we're like actually our main goal. What we're really trying to do is like empower people. You know, mm-hmm. yes, it's flirting, yes, it's seduction, but like the the deeper thing really is like we're we're trying to help people. You know, and and we're trying to be empowering. So, so and that's something too. Again, you might be listening to this podcast. You might that that's something you can do and give to other people. And it's like, again, we don't always think of that or we don't always recognize it right out of the boat. So I want to focus on that and, and talk about it. it's a wonderful gift. You talk about making yourself attractive, go empower somebody. Um, where was I? Uh, oh, okay. So we got the podcast. So if you want to, if you like today's show, subscribe to us. If you're on iTunes, you can leave us a review. We would love to get that too. We drop a new episode every single Friday. Um, We have, you can leave us a voicemail. We have right now a voicemail button. So if you go to the website, there's a button you click, and then it takes you right into where you can leave a voicemail. And if you
2: just want to leave a voicemail telling Stephen he needs to take the Love Languages quiz, that would be great. That's all we need.
0: Uh, uh, Brandy, I'm going to edit that out of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah do that and then so, uh, my brother talking to him he's like you should set up like a have an actual like google voice number you know just that might be easier if you just tell people the number so i'm going to look into that you know um and yeah so we're, we're trying to make it as easy as possible so people can you know drop us questions and and you know t- tell us things you guys want to know about it doesn't even have to be a question It could just be a topic that you would like us to have covered and yeah. so and then uh i think that is it so, yeah, check out ethicalseduction.com. Get your, get yeah. your guide. we got the newsletter. And next week is reading people. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody.
1: Thanks. Good night. Good night. Bye. Good night.